So we are running through in autumn a series, as PJ has beautifully demonstrated, we're thinking a lot about prayer and how we hold prayer, how we do prayer. And we're running through a series looking at the prayers of Jesus and thinking about how we pray. And we're calling the series Teach Us to Pray. And this week, we are going to think about God hearing us. And I'm going to speak from John 11. So let me read from that this morning. So if you've got your Bibles or want to follow in the app, uh, it's John 11, verse 38 to 43. And there it is on the screen as well. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. And Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me and that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they might believe that you have sent me. When he said this, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Lord, we thank you for your word to us in scripture. Lord, I pray that as I speak now, you might speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. The dead man came out. I've been reading a lot about uh, death in the Telegraph recently. I don't know if you read the Telegraph, but the Telegraph has been doing a series on articles of articles explaining how the Church of England is nearly dead. The church is dead, according to the Telegraph. Churches are closing. People are dying and new people aren't coming into the church. Congregations are declining and the church is on its way out. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't see that picture. Yeah, they've got some statistics to kind of back up their story. But I don't think they can see what God is doing. I don't think they can see what God is doing. You see, in this passage today, Jesus thanked the Father. Before the dead man had come back to life, Jesus was thanking the Father. Because Jesus could see the signs of life where everyone around him could only see the death. And I think we can see the signs of life where the telegraph and so many others can see death. Because there is life. In this passage today, Jesus has gone to see his friend Lazarus who has died, and he has died four days ago. And many of you will know this, but in Jewish, in the kind of Jewish beliefs, this is the way that things happened, is that somebody died, and by the third day, their spirit had decided this person was definitely dead and had left. 
So by day four, there's no coming back. The spirit is gone. This person is definitely gone. And so Martha and all of the other people who were there can only see signs of death. The logic and the statistics, the things they can see, the things they can feel and touch, the things that they understand, the things that they've been told say, it's over. It's definitely done. It is finished. But it's not. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there will be a bad odor for he has been there four days. She's just trying to kind of warn him. You know, she thinks, oh, here comes Jesus and he wants to go in this tomb and there's lots, probably lots of people buried in there. And he wants to go in and see the face of his friend. But by the fourth day, his friend's face is not going to look like his friend's face anymore. So when she's saying there's a bad odor, she means, Jesus, you've well missed. You've well missed it. Like the death happened, time has gone past, and it's definitely, you've missed it. You've missed the moment. But you see, all she can see is death. All she can see is what she sees happening. But Jesus can see life. Jesus can see life. Up and down the country, people see a church closing or things happening that they can only see as the end. But I think we can see, I know I can see, life. All that we've heard in that video is just a snapshot of what I've seen happen here in Basingstoke over this last year. I and you have seen people's lives transformed. There are numerous people sat in this room who can testify to that, who a year ago did not know Jesus and now do. That is signs of life. Do you know, just over a year ago when I came here, in this building on a Sunday morning, there were 70 people gathering to worship. Last Sunday, between the two services that we have here on a Sunday, there were nearly 400 people in this building. I can see signs of life where seemingly others see death. People are finding purpose. People are finding home. But isn't it interesting that before the prayer seemed to be answered... Before Lazarus walked out alive and they unwrapped the, the grave clothes to let him free, Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. This is the first time in the gospel that Jesus refers to God as Father. Jesus describes this intimate relationship that he has with the living God. It's not a come and ask and get heard, but it's a heard that says, you know me intimately. You know all that I am, and I know all that you are, and I know what you're doing, and you know what I'm doing, and I know what I'm here for, and you know what I'm here for, and we all know what we're here for. I was talking to Andrew Stead, 
who some of you will know, is one of the leaders of Cafe Church over on Christ the King. And Andrew's lived on, I don't know how old Andrew is, no idea. He's a little bit older than me. Uh, and he is, um, I'm very bad at working out people's ages. How old is Andrew, do you think? 60-something. He looks very good for that. Uh, he has been on South Ham, lived on South Ham all of his life. And uh, we started the four a year ago in the afternoon on, at St. Peter's. And we did it in the hall, not in the church. And it's because when we walked into the hall at St. Peter's, the tangible presence of God in that place was just overwhelming in this crummy, run-down hall. And so we started the four, and there has been incredible life on that estate. And I said this to Andrew last week, and he said, well, you know what we were doing? A group of three, four, or five of us, for years and years and years, used to meet in that hall and pray and worship. We'd meet and pray and worship. They never prayed for the four. They never prayed for donuts. They never prayed for Ed and Sarah. They never prayed for any of those things. They never had a list of, this is what we think it's going to look like, Lord. Can you make it happen? They just dug into praying. And God knows what they were praying for. And, he, and they know what God wants. God's will is to see people find new life in him. And so as they were praying, they were almost praying, thank you, Father, that you hear us, without even knowing what the answer was going to be. So I think even though Jesus would have known Lazarus is coming out of here, we can stand confident to pray, thank you, Father, that you hear us if we dwell in him, if we rest in him, if we pray and dwell in who God is and live in him, because we know that he wants the best for this world and this town. But I think if you look at Martha, you look at the telegraph and you look so often at us, our prayers are based on a limited perspective. They're based on what we can see, what we understand. Martha's saying, it's four days gone, it's finished. The Telegraph's saying the Church of England's dead because one or two churches have shut. Our perspective can be limited. Can I have Jacob, a volunteer, please? Thank you. Um, uh, this, this, is, this is a visual demonstration using Jacob to, to show you kind of what I'm talking about. Jacob, come, come here if you wouldn't mind. Um, he's known about this for at least two minutes now, so well prepared. So just pop this over your head. Uh, this is one of Nicola's many moving... No, there's the, where's the hole? There's no hole. That's gone wrong. I've taped up the hole. Hold on. This has gone really badly. Right, there we are. Undo that. Turn it up the other way. That goes over your head. In you go, in the box. Perfect. That's how you store a worship keyboard player. Um, uh, right, you can stand up, it's fine. So this is, this is how most of us live most of the time. Like, not actually in a box. But that we can see what we can see. We can see, what is it like in there? Dark, I'd imagine. Dark, yes. So um, there we go. Uh, it is dark. So what sort of prayers might you pray if that was your perspective on life? 
You might pray for a bit of light in your life. So, you know, I mean, that's possible. There we are. There's a bit of light from my iPhone torch. How's that? It's bright. too bright now. Um, uh, You might pray for some food, and we could shove a couple of croissants in there. You might pray... um, you, (laughs) You might pray... You might pray for some friends, and we could probably, depending on who they are, fit somebody else in there with you. Um, But I don't know whether that'd be overly appropriate, so we won't do that. Um, And the thing is, you see, God could answer all those prayers. I could answer all of those prayers with some croissants and bits and pieces. And if God was some kind of miracle genie man worker type of person, he could answer those three wishes like that. But you see, God's got a different perspective. God has got a different perspective. God is outside of that. You see, where Jesus calls God Father, he is saying I have got the sort of intimate relationship that brings the power over death. God, through the Old Testament, has power over death. And Jesus is standing there saying, I am intimate with the Father. So where you think death is the end, I can tell you it's not. Because I have got the perspective of the Father. You are, I'm going to let you out in a bit, Jacob, by the way. Um, He says, thank you, Father, that you have heard me. Thank you, Father. It's hard to say that from inside the box, isn't it? When you're still unable to see. When you still haven't got the full perspective. When you can only go off what is around you. But he, Jesus, wants to change the perspective. As Lazarus walks out... Jesus says, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet, wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Jesus is changing their perspective on death. Suddenly, all those Jewish people who think four days in, it's finished. Jesus says, hold on. I've got a different perspective to bring you. As Jesus stands here and says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He changes all of his, he was with friends here who suddenly realized who he was. He changes the power and authority structures. Jesus is suddenly standing with the power and authority of the living God. And he changed the power and authority structure so much so that the next thing that happens in this gospel is that Jesus is killed. Because they're so afraid of him. You see, Jesus wants to change your perspective. He wants you to see life where there appears to be death. He wants you to see freedom where you feel trapped. He wants you to see hope where you see despair. Whatever this box is for you. He wants to give you a new perspective. He wants to bring you into the light 
and the freedom and all that he has to offer. So that our prayers aren't just give us a bit of light and give us a bit of food, but that, Lord, what are you doing here? What are you doing in this town? What are you doing in my life? What can you do? Thank you, Jacob. Let's give him a round of applause. Jesus wants to change the perspective. He wants to change your perspective. As he is in the Father, so you can be in him. So three thoughts for you as I end. One is live in an intimate relationship with Jesus. Do whatever you can to do that. Somebody told me, it was Eric, I think, a story this week about Mother Teresa. I'm going to get this wrong now. But basically, a journalist said to her, Mother Teresa, uh, what is it that you say? What is it you do when you pray? And she said, nothing. I just listen to God. And so the journalist said, okay then, well, what is it that God says to you when you listen to him? And she said, nothing. He just listens. Because that's the sort of intimate relationship that we're invited into. One where you can say, thank you, Father, that you have heard me. Thank you, Father, that you have heard me. Secondly, thank him for what he does. Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. How often do we say, God, have you not done? When are you going to do? What about this? But like today is a moment of us looking back and going, thank you, Father, that you have heard us. Thank you, Father, for what you have done. And that thank you is for the past, but it's also a thank you for the future. It's Joe's favorite catchphrase. For what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. You'll hear it all the time now. But he's right, because actually, that's what we're called to do, to constantly thank God for all he's done, all he's doing, and all he has yet to do. Look what he's done with the church. Telegraph is wrong. There's life. So keep praying. Keep praying for the church. Keep thanking God for what he's doing. And invite him into your life. If you're in a place feeling like you're in that cardboard box, if you haven't got that perspective, if you're living in the dark, then invite him into your life. Invite him every day, afresh, anew. Say, I want to see the way that you see. I want to hear what you hear. I want to know what you know. I want to be intimate with you, God, in a way that means my perspective is blown apart. That where others see death, I see life. So live in an intimate relationship with God. Thank him for all he does and invite him into your life. Oh, ma'am.